today on Real Radio. How good can a man be? A man can save the world. How bad can a man be? A man can press a button and blow up the world. What do we do about that? Christian, you're the only counter. You're the first line of defense when it comes to truth and God in this lawless world, and that is to love others. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack now in a message called The Christian Life, Part 4, continues in a series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter. You know, the Apostle Peter was one of the 12 disciples of Christ and later on became the leader of the first church. Now, we all know there were times when Peter failed the Lord, but he learned that through Christ, he could have joy, even in the midst of failure and all the pain that that caused. In part three, Peter tells us that the Christian life is a life of love. We no longer desire the things of this world that wither and decay, but we're known by our love and obedience to the Lord. Human love is flawed. It goes after material things and status. But when we live under God's love and influence, well, our desires change. We take our eyes off of ourselves and advance the lives of others, often at our own expense. So today on day two of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are born again by His Spirit. God gives us a new life. We no longer live for ourselves or worry about ourselves. Instead, we live for God. And through his love, we have sincere love for others. And now in his message called The Christian Life, Part 4, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. The Bible says that in God's order, he created mankind in his own image. But he created us in our humanity a little lower than the angels. So just under the angels is humanity. How good can humanity be? Very, very good. How bad can humanity be? horrifically bad. For example, to put it in, in uh, understanding, I just driving here today, I saw a cow. Oh, it sounds probably kind of funny, right? People who don't go to church here, they realize what he saw. A cow, black and white. How bad can a cow be? Uh, I, guess, I guess it can be bad, I guess. How good can a cow be? I, I guess it could be good. I guess my point is, a cow that is good and a cow that is bad ain't much of a difference. (laughs) But the closer the proximity to glory, apparently the greater threat of danger and of evil. Today we look at mankind and culture having been created in the image of God and we have, as it were, man killing man. How good can a man be? A man can save the world. How bad can a man be? A man can press a button and blow up the world. But the love of many will grow cold. What do we do about that? Christian, you're the only counter. You're the first line of defense when it comes to truth and God in this lawless world, and that is to love others. Point number two, verses 23 to 24, is love loves to live, and this life that we're to live is to have a new life. God gives us a new life. Verse 23, having been born again. This is the only time out of the New Testament Gospels of John where it's born again, mentioned by Peter. 
born again, born from above, born anew, new life. Notice this, you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, spora, not, not sperm or sperma in the Greek, but spora, but incorruptible. This is amazing. Let me read it to you this way. You have been born from above, not of corruptible origins, but of incorruptible origins. The, the word refers to what God has done in your heart in making you a new believer. Having been born again. Again, James chapter four, verse one says, what causes the quarrelings and the fights among you? Do they not come from evil desires that war within you? You want and you do not have. You scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you cannot get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you do not have what you want because you do not ask God for it. That is the world that you and I counter. That is the world that you and I used to live in. That's, that used to cause our heart to beat, but now we've been born again. Listen, don't say anything, don't raise your hand, but today can you say that that's happened to you? You are no longer that raging, warring person all about yourself, but now your life is all about God? If that's you, that you want Jesus Christ to live and shine through your life, the truth of the matter is, it's because you've been born again. You have a brand new life. I'm gonna say this and move on, and yet I pray that it's not lost by any distraction. I don't need to preach or teach about this issue of being born again any longer today. When I say this, to be born from above is to be born of God. It is to have a life now that is under God's control. Doesn't mean we're sinless, but even our sin is viewed completely different by us. Has that happened to you? Have you, can you, in court, could you raise your right hand and say, I solemnly swear that God has caused me to be born again of his spirit. I have gone, I bear testimony, and I confess today that my life has gone through a transformation by God's power. It may have happened last week for you. It may have happened three months ago or 30 years for you. But you could bear witness. Imagine that, ladies and gentlemen, what I just displayed to you a moment ago is what eternity is gonna be like on its opening day in its moment. Is that, Father, I don't know much and I've, I've bumbled this Christianity and I've fumbled many moments throughout my life and God, I loved you and I loved your word but I failed miserably in both those areas but Lord, I'm here and I have no worth being here. I have no merits of being here but I can tell you, Father, I'm looking at you and I have no reason to be in front of you but the blood of Jesus. I have no access to you, Father, except Jesus as my great high priest. I have no business speaking to you, God, except that it's Jesus whose name I come to you in. Lord, you would be just and perfect and, and, and true to cast me out of heaven right now. But I stand before you, Father, and I claim Jesus Christ 
Can you do that today in your life? If you can, you're born from above. If you cannot, you're not. It's that clear. Verse 24 goes on to teach us to live is to have an understanding. The Bible says, verse 24, quoting Isaiah chapter 40, all flesh is as grass and the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, the brevity of life. It's remarkable to think, isn't it? How temporary everything is. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, that therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. You see, well, it's easy for him to say he's God. No, Jesus says, don't worry about your life because he's God. <laughs> don't worry what you will eat. I mean, do you honestly worry about what you're going to eat? Now, this came from a culture when these people were under persecution for being a Christian. They were very concerned because they didn't know when they were going to eat, if they were going to eat. Today, in our, you know, we have first world, you know, there's third world problems. We have first world problems. You know what a first world problem is? Are we going to have pancakes after service? Are we going to have... That's a first world problem. Jesus says, don't worry. Can you thank God? Will we... Listen. Should things happen in our world, will we be able to thank God for what we're about to eat or what he's going to feed us next when there's an empty plate in front of us? We can't feed the kids. We have no food for ourselves. We have to trust God. Jesus says, don't worry what we eat or what we're going to drink nor about your body. That's a religion of America today to worry about our bodies. What you will put on it is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. That would be debated in our culture. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Lisa laughs every time I read this verse. I buy bird seed all the time. I'm always feeding the birds. I tell her, sorry, I got to go, go feed the birds before we leave. Hang on a second. We got birds all over the house. We got birds flying through our house. That's not a joke. It's, it happens. And listen, she will remind me, God can feed them. And I said, you're right, he does. He's very faithful to feed them. He uses me. <laughs> Truth is, God allows me to partner with him in feeding his birds. If Jack dropped dead, the birds are going to eat anyway. He allows me to be involved. He says, For they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a stature, to your height? So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? God loves you and God cares. Have this understanding, Christian, that God is going to provide for you. The apostle Paul, by the way, was arrested and placed in a Roman freighter and shipped off to Rome. The Bible tells us, I'll make it short out of the book of Acts, that when he got on that grain ship, that Alexandrian, Alexandrian grave, grave, Alexandrian grain ship that was carrying grain from North Africa to Rome, the Bible tells us only a few of those 
men on board knew that Paul or who Paul was. There were some Roman guards. The Bible tells us that they were sailing. And, well, listen, in Acts 27, 13, it says, when the south wind blew softly. (laughs) In other words, this was a really great cruise. Even though he was in prison, he was going to Rome. All expense paid trip on the Mediterranean to Rome on a cruise ship. It says, when the south wind blew softly. Doesn't that sound great? That's a great title of a book. (laughs) Supposing that they had obtained their desire, everything's going great. Putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. Look at verse 14. But the weather changed. You ever have that happen in life? Everything's going great. And the weather changes. Yeah, Jack, don't talk about that. I don't like that. Listen, God engineers that. Truth of the matter is, we need to have this understanding that those that Peter were writing to in that day, and we need today to be reminded of, that the weather changes. And when the weather changes, a big storm hit. That ship broke up and ran aground, broke into pieces. Everybody on board, their lives were saved, but they got to to shore. But here's the thing, from the moment the storm hit, the prisoner Paul literally took command of that great ship and began to bark out orders and commands and took control of the whole moment. And even when they landed and crashed on shore, Paul was in charge. The prisoner became the leader. May, may that happen, by the way, right now in Turkey for Brother Andrew. Amen. But may that happen to you and I and where you and I are at in life. Well, things are going great, Pastor. Don't know quite what you're talking about. Well, I want you to have this understanding. The weather's going to change. Storm's going to hit. What does that look like? Your company shuts down. Don't say that. Well, me saying it or not doesn't have any effect on anything. But I thought God loved me. Oh, he's crazy about you. You could find out something from the doctor tomorrow. You can get a phone call from your kid. You can show up tomorrow and they say, you know what? We fired you. Didn't you get the memo? You see, I thought God loved me. Oh, he's just head over heels for you. See, listen, what this world does to us is completely independent of God's love for us. Do you remember, you are God's child in this world that you're not of. You and I don't belong here. Come on, we don't belong here. When the weather changes, it's... It's not, listen, it's for us. It's not for the other people, except this way. When the weather changes, we get to tell them about Jesus. When the earth shakes, for about 30, I don't know, I'm making it up, but you can be talking to an absolute pagan heathen, but when, when the earthquake hits, you've got about 30 to 90 seconds to give them the gospel, because once the ground stops shaking, they go right back to them pagan themselves. They just go right back to their paganism, right? You got about 30 to 90 seconds to tell them, about the gospel. That's when their hearts are soft and the ground shakes. And then when they see that they survived, then they go right back to their cussing or their pillaging again or their denial of God. The weather will change. God will be honored. And finally, verse 25, the Christian life loves to persevere. We persevere, church. Verse 25 says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Somebody say amen. Amen. God's word, his promises will never end. They'll never change. The word endure means that there's an infinite stability to them. It's a state of continuance. God's word has 
always been. It's never had a beginning. It will never have an ending. Our minds cannot fathom that. It's never beginning, never ending, always abiding. The best way that we can think of it is that it goes to the vanishing point. We see it coming, it goes past us, and it keeps going. God's word, the Bible says, will last longer than the Milky Way. Longer than America, longer than light. God's word abides forever. You and I, listen, we will persevere. Peter was writing to an audience under great persecution. Christian, stand strong, and we will persevere because God's word will never, ever fail us. Secondly, we persevere because of his gospel. It says in verse 25, now this is the word which by the gospel was preached. This is the word, the gospel, the good news, the evangel, the gospel is preached. Every Christian, raise your hand if you're a Christian. Listen, put your hands down. You, listen, this is so important and we're going to end, so grab it. Can you tell someone the gospel? Do you know it? Can you give it to another individual? If you don't know, listen, join the call ministry. They'll teach you. Go home today, look in the mirror, and pretend you're witnessing to yourself. Can you give someone the gospel? Dear family, if you cannot give someone the gospel, how in the world do you think you have it yourself? You don't have it. I'm a Christian. What is it that you believe? Uh, God, uh, Bible, uh, Jesus. My dear friend, you can only have that which you possess. And you cannot give anything away if you don't have it. That test is for you. God's word is there. It will never abandon us. We can persevere. It is the gospel. And finally, notice, I left this specifically this way. The verse reads, by the word of the Lord, uh, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached. Tell people. But there's two words at the end in verse 25. What are those two words? Say it again. One more time. To you. We persevere because it's personal. It's personal. The gospel was preached to us. We received the gospel. And that word endures. It's inside of us. And you and I were completely brought to the presence of God by his word. And it was preached to us. And we turn around and we give it. Notice it's personal. There is no group salvation. I'm going to ask you, by the way, we're done. You can stand. Don't leave. You can stand. It was preached to you that there is no forgiveness of sins apart from Jesus. Now, this is for service. You guys are going to leave this service and go make the other two services happen. Many of you are servants here, and you love God, and you've given your heart to Christ, but maybe there's somebody here today, and what are you talking about, Pastor? The gospel has to be preached to you. It, it cannot be associated with from afar. You cannot almost be a Christian. 
Today you need to make the decision regarding the gospel that's been preached to you. It will transform your life. If it's happened, you know it. If there's no transformation, you're in doubt right now. There's a little bit of fear in your heart right now. That's good. Respond to the gospel that's been preached to you. If today you're here and you could care less about any of this, then the gospel was preached to you and it bounced right off your heart. You mistook it for something of this world. It's truly alien. It is extraterrestrial. It is of another world. It's that the love of God came down. Not in some moonbeam spaceship Star Trek X-File. God visited his creation in the person of Jesus. And he died on the cross for you and he rose again from the grave. And Father, we pray that that reality, that truth would drive us today, would cause us to go forth from this building. Lord, I, I just envision this building kind of shaped, this sanctuary anyway, shaped like a clam shaped like an elongated V. And in a moment, the doors are gonna swing wide. I don't know, many sets of doors are gonna swing wide from this sanctuary and from the outer part of the building into the world. And I love how the Romans called those exits vomitoriums. As this clam-shaped building almost looks like it's closing. As the walls, as it were, in this closing song closes upon us, we go out through those doors as a vomitorium to the world. We are released. And Lord, may we go today knowing him in whom we have believed. And if today someone does not know you, that the reality of the terror of their situation would drive them to seek your face. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And all God's people prayed and said, Amen. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in a message called The Christian Life, Part 4. Thanks for joining us today. And let's thank the Lord today for his love and salvation. We need it right now more than ever. The Christian Life, Part 4. It's part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter. It's a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others still inspires us today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. You know, Peter denied knowing Jesus not once, but three times. When Jesus was entering into the darkest period of his life here on earth, Peter swore that he didn't even know Jesus. Still, Jesus not only forgave Peter, he appointed him leader of the first church. It was truly a humbling experience for Peter. After all, Peter was devastated for letting Jesus down when he needed him the most. But Peter was determined not to fail the Lord again. This time, through the power of the Holy Spirit and constant communion with his Savior, he remained faithful to the end. I think we're all capable of being like Peter. If we don't stay close to the Lord, we lose battle after battle, and eventually we lose our way. That's where a devotional time with the Lord comes in. 
and it's why Pastor Jack made it a priority to include devotions at his website. Simply go to reallifewithjackhibbs.org, click on that tab labeled Devotions. Once you're there, you'll find a weekly devotion that Pastor Jack personally writes, along with a verse that you can use to create your own story. You'll also find previous devotions you can click on for daily use. Again, devotions are right there at our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.